In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. Amen. Unfortunately, the Grizzlies lost this week, and we didn't have a game seven last night, but because of the uh, playoffs, watching playoff basketball, I've been thinking about basketball. And been thinking about basketball, and especially when I was young, when I was a, a child, uh, I grew up in Gary, Indiana, right across the lake from Lake Michigan, and so of course I was a Bulls fan, especially in the 90s. And they won six championships in, in eight years, and Memphis will get there. We will get there. Uh, but I remember when I was growing up, uh, pretending to be Michael Jordan and being in my driveway and taking the ball and, and going and, and doing a countdown. Bulls down by two, Jordan for three, buzzer goes off, bong. It was only the end of the first quarter, good thing. <laughs> and so I would do that, and of course I was about a 25% shooter, and so one of the times I won the game. But really, instead of focusing on Michael Jordan, and there was no chance I was going to be Michael Jordan, there's another player that I should have been focusing more attention on. His name was Judd Buchler. Now, you probably have never heard of Judd Buchler, but he played in the league for 12 years, four of those years on the Chicago Bulls, and he won three NBA championships. Uh, from 94 to 98, he was on the Bulls. And Judd Buchler holds an NBA record. The record that he holds is most games played without recording a statistic. <laughs> <laughs> he played in 55 games where he played at least one minute, and he didn't score a point, he didn't get a rebound, he didn't get an assist, he didn't get a steal. But you know what? It didn't mean that he didn't do anything because he played for 12 years and he won three NBA championships. And over the course of his career, he scored over 2,000 points and he had over 1,000 rebounds. And there's no statistic for how many times you can set a, pip, a pick so that Michael Jordan can score. And there's no statistic for how many times you dive out of bounds to save a ball to bring it back in. And there's no statistic about how well you guard your opponent making sure that he doesn't score. And so Judd did all the stuff that needed to be done without the flair and the flash of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and some of the others. But he did what needed to be done so they could win. Now, why am I talking about Judd Buchler today? Well, today we're talking about the myrrh-bearing women, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. And these people did what needed to be done. They saw a task. They didn't push it off to somebody else, but they grabbed a hold of it and they did what needed to be done. And because of that, they were the ones who saw that Christ was risen first. And they were the ones who were able to go and take that message to the rest of the apostles. They didn't shy away. They did what needed to be done. And so we are called today to do what needs to be done to take their example to be like Judd, and to just do the work that needs to be done. And how do we do that? Well, we follow their example, the myrrh-bearing women, Joseph of Arimathea, and Nicodemus' example. And the first thing that we do in order to make sure we do that needs to be done is we love Christ above all else. 
It says in the scripture that Joseph was a man seeking the kingdom of God. And we know because in the myrrh-bearing women we have Mary, the mother of God, included in there. We know the love that these women had for Christ. They loved Christ even more than they loved themselves and were willing to sacrifice. And that's what we're called to do and to be. The first great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And that's precisely what these people did. So in order for us to do the things that need to be done, we start by loving Christ. Loving Christ above anything else. And that one might be the easy one. The second thing that we need to do to be just like the myrrh-bearing women and Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea is that we need to actually pay attention and see the tasks that need to be done and do it. Two things there. See the task that needs to be done and actually do it. How many times have you walked by a spill on the floor, whether here at church or at your house, and said, oh man, that stinks. I wonder who's going to clean that up. (laughs) The answer, of course, is you are. You are. You're going to notice the things that need to be done and just do them. And being a part of the community is one of the, the best places where we're able to do that. We have a sign up for coffee hour. Sign up and help for coffee hour. We have people who need meals. Sign up and take meals to the people in our community. But even more than that, bigger than the things that we sign up for and things like that is actually sitting and listening and talking to one another so that you can know what other people need. Because as you get into a conversation with someone and you say, hello, how are you? Instead of just You know how we do here in this country most of the time, oh, fine, and then move on. Actually listen to how people are. Find out what's going on in their life and and see if there's something that you can actually help them with. Be attentive to them so that you can see a need and actually fulfill it and do it. Imagine if Joseph of Arimathea had had his tomb... And he'd never gone to ask Pilate for the body of Christ. Imagine if the myrrh-bearing women, knowing that someone had to go and anoint the body of Jesus per their custom, had not gone to the tomb to find it empty. See the need, know the need, and actually do it. Do the work that is needed. So love Christ above all else, and see a need and do it. And one final thing, in order for us to do those little things that we need to do in our life, to be like the myrrh-bearing women, to be like Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, is to also know our strengths and our weaknesses. Joseph knew he had a tomb. The myrrh-bearing women knew they had this ointment. But they also knew their weaknesses. Joseph had to go and get Nicodemus to help him to take the body of Christ. The myrrh-bearing women, as they were walking to the tomb, said, who is going to roll that big stone away for us? Know your weaknesses. See the need, do it, but also ask somebody else for help if you need it. And this is perhaps the one that I'm the worst at. I'll try to do something myself, and I won't do it well, And then I'll have to ask somebody to help me fix what I tried to do wrong the first time instead of actually asking for help. See the need, do it, 
but also recognize the ability to ask for help. And you know what, brothers and sisters, that's what draws us all closer together anyway. When we recognize our vulnerability and we recognize our weaknesses, then we are able to draw closer to each other because sometimes we're the strong one and sometimes we're the weak one. Sometimes we're the one who's helping, sometimes we're the one who needs help. Sometimes we're the main one helping and sometimes we're asking someone else to help us out with it. So brothers and sisters, the message for today is for us to do the little things. And even don't even think of them as little things. Do the things that need to get done. Judd did it and he won three NBA championships. The myrrh-bearing women did it and they saw the risen Christ first. Do those things that need to be done. Love Christ above everything else. Pay attention to the needs of others that are around you. Talk to one another. Encourage each other. Know your strengths. Know your weaknesses. And do those things that need to be done. And we'll be drawn closer to one another and we'll be drawn closer to Christ. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. Amen.